bring our voices in. Did that work? That tell me that worked, you lot, man. Shout out to Black Einstein. I know I butchered that intro, boy, but yeah, we had a slight technical hitch right there. What's going on, mother lovers? Welcome back to another shit you might not never know nothing about podcast. That's right, with myself, your host, my Diggy, alongside my co-host Dan DNA. What's going on, bruv? Good. Good. Yeah. We want to welcome all our listeners. All the viewers, all our live viewers, all of our, uh, the you know, if you're watching on the replay or listening on a podcast as well, we want to welcome you yeah. too, because, you know, yeah, don't we worry. Yeah, we feel lonely yeah, out we there. Don't, we, don't, we don't go at latecomers in any way, because sometimes mm. we can be late as well. Yeah. But welcome to the party, bitches and bitchettes. We don't discriminate, of course. <laughs> hey, it's been a bit of a mad week. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot, a lot of the things have been opening up. Assholes. As well as, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's getting a bit crazy, man. People don't know what to do with themselves because all of a sudden it seems like things are starting to open up. I hear Ireland is even like, they're like, oh, fuck it. We might as well get out really? back out there. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. I don't mm. know if it's true or not, but you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's, it's good. The spirit of humanity seems to be, you know, getting uplifted here, there and everywhere. Yeah. But it's still been a bit crazy, isn't it? Yeah. What you been up to? Anything? Uh, I've been working on. Um, yeah, I've been working on um, a project that I'm doing with a certain producer out there named Pitch Ninety Two, and uh, so I've just been getting my head down with that, um, as well as another project that people might not never know nothing about until we talk about it. You know what I mean? We keep that quiet. But mm. yeah, I've been uh, I've been working a lot, man. Doing a lot of writing, recording, and whatnot. So yeah, uh, and obviously um, getting prepared for this tour with uh, Smokey Joe and the Kid as well. Got to get myself in, you know what I mean? Tour shape. Mm. And just, you know what I mean? Getting the joints yeah. loose and all that. You're still heavy breathing when you when you walk at the moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get yourself. Done, it's weird. We don't realize how much we shallow breathe, man. Yeah, and and that's it's it's funny because it it leads to a lot a lot of things that y- you find are problems. You can you you can kind of trace it back to wow that's what shallow breathing does to you because you're mm. not getting enough oxygen, and then from there it's already you're already messing up. It's like not getting enough water, mm. and but you don't realize it because you're in a state that you're you're maintaining, you know. But a lot of like fatigue, um, people who don't sleep well, um, you know, appetite. Like there mm. were all these di- like little minor little things that you won't realize, even down to <laughs> rashes and things like that. It's like yeah. yo, you're just not getting enough oxygen, bruv. You Some know? people only take one heavy breath every couple of hours when they're on Facebook. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> That's it. Like, the social media. Out, one man. heavy breath every two hours. Yeah, I think I saw there was a poster saying um, Facebook is now known to be like a quite heavy cause in um, heart problems. <laughs> like if you have a heart attack, it could be from stressing out over Facebook arguments that last like. 16 days and shit. Wow, yeah, I've seen you that. Know yeah, man. Some of them arguments, like, I'm like, bruv, you lot are really enjoying mm. this. Like, you're going to sleep and waking up thinking about what else to say. Like, hold on, man, and said, bruh, 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 bruh. Yeah, wait, I can't, when I get, nah, you know what? I've got to do it now. I've got to do it now. Mm. Well, they probably even write out, like, the replies 
save it in your don't notes you that. You don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was worried. I was thinking about these looking a bit angry, but I was that. I was gonna write a reply to you. I don't think you should uh, talk about um, trolls or <laughs> you might offend the trolls. <laughs> Yo, that's what it's gonna be soon, boy. It'll be like troll history yeah. month. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> TLM, boy. <laughs> trolls will be like, nah, man. You know what I mean? I'll be getting cyber bullied. I'm a reformed <laughs> troll and I'll be getting cyber bullied. It's like TLM. <laughs> <laughs> See them storming Westminster. <laughs> trolls and shit, boy. Yeah, that's the life, isn't it? Yeah, troll life. Nah, but you know, I, it does worry me sometimes when I see how, how carried away people can get with their arguments online. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, obviously, there are a whole lot of other things we could be worrying about rather than that shit. You know what I mean? But yo, let's big up the crew that are locked in with us, man. The live crew. You know what I mean? I, I always miss out some of these when my uh, comments open up. Shout to IBMCs. What's going on? Shout to PLK. Shout to Yamal. Easy Kenny Rebel. Shout to Gleam. What's going on, bruv? Shout to Ken F. Jeez. Yeah, we got some people in the building. Shout out to my brother, DJ yeah. Locke. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting hearing the old tunes, man. Uh, who was it who was playing me? Turbo Tubalicious. Shout out to Turbo Tubalicious. The nice one, JM. Yeah, nice one, JM. What's going on, bruv? PLK. Yo, it's good to see you lot in the building, man. We're going to have a good one tonight, man. Black Einstein. Cool. Shout out to Black Einstein. Yep. All the crew in the building, man. If you just locked in, do you know what I mean? Hit that like button. If you haven't subscribed already, please do that. Share the link as well. You know, we've got to tell people to do that, man. Like uh, mm. Every 20 that. minutes. Yeah, it's every 20 minutes. The <laughs> algorithm. 15 but. minutes. You've got to tell. you just got to keep relentlessly shoving it down people's throats. Please yeah. like, share, subscribe. Subscribe. And Throw tell your hex. family. Sign your family up to Facebook. Cuss. Cast some spells on your family, make them sign up. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Yeah, man. Chris Lahat. Shout out to Chris Lahat in the building. What's going on? And we got a big up CMOS, boss. Don't forget, if you want to get your CMOS, over 98 different nutrients. See, mm. what I'm telling you, man, the game mm. has changed. Yeah. Now I understand. All those nutrients. Yeah, now I understand how to. Now, but the thing is, I didn't really. It's like you buy CMOS just from around the corner. Do you know what I mean? It'll be that dry. Londis CMOS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just dry. Just Happy in a shopper bag, CMOS. Like £3.50. Yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah. And then cook oh, it up no. and be like, eh. But now, yeah. now I understand the game. Yo, mm. it's changed. Like, yeah. Yeah, the CMOS. Is, have, you, have you started yours yet? Mm. Yeah, no, you ain't. Cause I had you time. Do you know what? I've, I've had. I've been. I've been filming all last week, and then I caught half COVID, which was just where you just get you a sore throat. Half COVID. Yeah, you know, you just get like a sore throat. Ah, uh, okay. So you're like half scared. Just fifty percent COVID. New back, type of COVID. In the back of your mind half and COVID. in the back of your throat. Yeah. It's just, just, <laughs> I was like, oh, I've got a bit of a sore throat. I think it's only half of the symptoms of COVID. How did you yeah. deal with it? Uh, went to bed early. Oh, you actually got some sleep. Yeah. That's, and uh, I don't mind saying, gargled a bit of urine. <laughs> Did you gargle with some urine? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. I was away. I didn't have anywhere, anything else. I didn't have any salt with me or anything. I just had to, I just had to use what I had around me. Yeah, like any, <laughs> any good you. soldier. Yeah. 
Wow. So what, what did you use? Like, was it the glass from? You know, the, I just had a little glass jar, little glass bottle, or whatever that I just had in the in the car with me. <laughs> just snuck off, filled it up. Goggled, in the car. Well, there you go. And you I was got in rid Essex. Of it. I was, I was, you know, I was in the, I was on the other oh. side of London. Oh, so okay, that's all right. Then. If you was in like Peckham or something, it'd be like, bro, <laughs> in Essex, it's like, go on, mate. You know. <laughs> Yo, that's deep, boys. They'll do oil pulling, like you could do oil pulling in Essex. You know what I mean? <laughs> Grounding, bare people walking around. You're all right, mate. Walking barefoot. On the fields, though, you know, like everyone's walking through this grass and fields. No, no roads. Like, <laughs> you're white, right, mate. You're white. Right. Yeah, boy. I mean, it worked. Like, it got yeah. rid of. Like, the, the, you gargled, and then the next day, I was working. I was doing like twelve-hour like, days. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing twelve-hour days, so I just it was it was long four long days of filming darts, and then like wow. you know, I was getting. I had a really bad toothache as well the whole time. So I was trying to get rid of that. So obviously that was part of the gargling thing. Where well. was? Uh, I was assuming it was every night you did like, all day, year. every every couple of hours. Yeah, <laughs> do a bit of that, a bit of salt water, whatever whatever I could get. I was just doing whatever I could to bring that pain down. Toothache, sore throat is all just run down, yeah. and it's all just run down. That's all late right, nights, so early mornings. To yeah. get rid of it. Yeah, and then so you reckon how long did it like? It took two or three days then for it to the the, the toothache probably went down about so it started probably on thursday when i when i just get into the job sort of thing and then by about saturday afternoon it was starting to calm down wow and then uh the sore throat went really like this morning oh see yeah uh, you did well All right man. yeah you did well, yeah. I mean, you know, no painkillers, none of that sort of stuff, no drugs. Just piss. Anything. That's all you need, man. Yeah. Yeah, see, Gleam knows. I'm trying to see if allegedly Dave will be up for getting on, man, and talking about, you know what I mean, the, what do you call it, the fountain of youth, yeah. you say? Oh, no, old people still got pee going in it. Yeah. It might be a bit drier. <laughs> Powdered <laughs> pee, dust, boy. A bit more dust in it. <laughs> Powdered, like, pee dust, boy, straight up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on, it's coming. <laughs> you know, Gleam's saying he's, did you see allegedly Dave said he would come on the show? Yeah. So Did he? Yeah. No, I never saw that, man. Said, where was that? Yeah. I don't know where, where we're meant to have seen that. Nah, he might be saying, Did you say? No, did you see allegedly? Nah. Unless he says, Did you see allegedly? Dave said he was gonna come on the show. Yeah, no and gleam. That's probably what it is, man. Yamore is still not she's not down with the whole um uh, urine therapy thing. Nothing I can do about that. Yeah. <laughs> There's pro there are beauty products out there that you know you can do it topically. Or oh wow, Gleam said he asked him and he said yes. Okay, shit, we should hit him up, man. Yes. Nice one for that, bro. Let's do that. Yeah, definitely, man. It'll be really interesting because I I think you know like this is what this show is about, man. People finding out some stuff that they might not really have thought about, and <laughs> whether whether or not you be into it, at least you understand why people do it, and you might not judge them the same way that you do or you did before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like obviously, before I knew Dan was to, uh, gargling pee, you know what I mean? The one that by my breath smelled so bad. Yeah, yeah. I was, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? Rich, soggy, rich tea biscuits. I was like, yo, I mean, smells like an old man. <laughs> smells like a wino. You know what I mean? Every now and again, <laughs> got that wino whiff. 
You know, when a wido comes up to you talking, you just got to hold your breath. You're like smiling. Yeah, duh. You don't want to be rude to shit, but you're like, yo, woman, I nearly died off of that. <laughs> now nah, I'm joking, but yeah. Big up all the winos out there. Hey, exactly. See it there? Kaleem says, no harm learning stuff. And that's what we're here to do. Yeah. Man. I think it's important. When they told us we have to stay away from each other and not talk, that's when I realized we got to do the exact opposite, bitches mm-hmm. and bitches. Shout out to Bigger Man. What's going on, brother? <laughs> yes. Yo, should we bring in our guest? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about that time. All right, before we do that, Olden, let's, we got to shout out to CMOS Boss. We, we, we're halfway oh, yeah. through yeah, so, um, yeah, the title yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. The cmosboss.co.uk, mother lovers. If you want to get, um, let's say, wildcrafted, organic sea vegetables from sea spaghetti to dulce, you can get spirulina. Mm-hmm. You can get sea moss, like we've been talking about. You can get the gels as well. Order that at the seamossboss.co.uk. The benefits of these um, seafoods, man, like, honestly, is next level. And I, like I said, we wouldn't be pushing it if um, we didn't think so. Dan's gazing because the thing is, it does take a minute for you to make the gel mm. the way you want to. But like we said, you can listen back to the episode and they explain, um, you know, two different ways that you can make it. And it's fun as well, man. You know, like knowing that you're making yeah. something. So... I'm going to do it. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know you will. I know you will. Yeah. So, of course, Dulce, a great source of vitamin B12 and omega-3 fatty acids. Sea spaghetti naturally high in iodine, vitamin E, calcium and magnesium, as well as bladderwrack, which is high in iodine. Very good for the ladies. You know, women like to talk about the thyroid problems. Not they like to talk about it, but they often do like to talk about it <laughs> yeah this is a good way that can help uh ladies with um that problem as well as men you know we got we have fiery problems as well man we just call it something else sore throat <laughs> until d's going through fire <laughs> yeah spirulina as well as wakami and uh there's a sea spice as well man which is really good it's got a whole bunch of different nutrients in there you know what I mean? Some that you might not never know nothing about, but trust me, <laughs> if you want to get your CMOS, go to the cmosboss.co.uk and you can get 10% off your order with the code ABOUT10. That's the word, about and the number 10. Yeah, that's good. Which is actually two numbers, isn't it? <laughs> 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 yeah, man. The cmosboss.co.uk, the best place for 100% organic, real Irish CMOS and all your nutrient-dense vegetables. Hit them up, mother lovers. Get your thyroids right. <laughs> yeah. And shout out to Irish. You know what I mean? We've got to big him up, man. Definitely had a good chat with him as well about the benefits of such vegetables. Yeah, go and check that that episode out if you if you need to know more about For why sure, you man. should be doing it and how you should be doing it. Yeah, see, these that's that's our inexperienced way of talking about it. You can tell DA he hasn't he hasn't started cooking it yet. Once you get into you, once you get deep in the game, like I'm deep in the game. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm like, what? I'm about like about six batches deep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Man's probably you got cooked the up mobile home. I'll be in the kitchen driving around, <laughs> I'm your pants like, on, cooking sea moss. Yeah, the BD seagull of sea moss. You know what I'm saying? I'm in the kitchen whipping that. You know, making that them gels. You know what I'm saying? Um. So who's that? Shout out to Kenny Rebel who said, could you get Paul Stamets? Mushroom man. Oh, that'd be sick, man. Oh, definitely. To talk about shrooms. 
Jeez. Like, do it on streams as well. Micro dose and then do <laughs> Yo, let's bring in our guest, man, this week. Looking forward to chat to this guy, man. I've known him for years. We've done a few gigs as well, here and there. And yeah, we spoke about the first time that I ever saw his band, uh, which was in Shepherd's Bush Empire. So, you know what I mean? In the manner. And it was jokes, man. And then he hit me up and I was so glad when he said he was up for getting on the show. You know what I mean? To chop it up. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm welcome to James, head honcho of the Lazy Habits. What's going on, bruv? Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me on. Live via satellite. Welcome. We should be saying good morning to him, by oh, the way. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, good morning. Because he's, he's on the other side of the world, if you believe in the side thing. <laughs> we don't, <we> don't <laughs> want to discriminate, you know. The world's changed. <laughs> What's going on, bruv? I'm all good, man. How are you guys? Good. We're good, man. We're good, you know. Surviving out here through the rugged terrain. Mm. <laughs> it feels good to be alive, man. I'll tell oh, you that. yeah. Definitely, man. Yes, good to chat to you, bruv, man. It's been a yeah. been a crazy couple years, obviously, with um, you know, what's been going on, and uh, it seems, yeah, that, that's the re there's a reason why you you're in a where are you right now? Please break that down first of all. So I'm about wondering. six thousand miles away, um, in uh, in Taiwan, in uh, East Asia, um where I came on holiday. Oh, the camera. Uh, camera slips. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, where I came on holiday, basically, in, in, in February 2020. Played a gig on the 31st of January in uh, in London and then on the 1st of February in Bristol. And then I think like two days later, I flew to Taiwan. And then within two weeks, they'd shut the island down completely. No planes could get out. No planes could get in. And I was literally stuck here until... At least until August, optionally, I couldn't get out of the country. Well, so that's what they told you. They said, like, that's not happening. No one in, no yeah. one out. Jeez. And All how... The only people who could come back were actually uh, Taiwanese citizens or Taiwanese residents who could actually get into the country once they locked it down. You couldn't even come here if you just could get on a plane. You literally had to be, you know, you had to have some legal means of getting into Taiwan just to come back. So what what was the deal with them not letting people out though? Like I'm sure, I thought they'd be like, yeah, get the hell out of here, get the hell out of here, get out of it. You know what I mean? No, for the first few months they just they just shut the borders. So the, I, you know the government just shut the airspace, so no planes were flying at all. That was it. They just locked it down because I guess at the beginning everyone thought it was going to be such a short period of time. You know, I think the first time they kind of talked about it, it's like, oh, two weeks, right? Let's let's, let's stay in our houses for two weeks. Yes, flatten the curve. And, <laughs> Yeah, and then everything will be fine. So I think with that kind of maybe not that exact impression, but that kind of that kind of mentality in the same way, they were like, well, let's just shut the borders for for a month or whatever, and then it will be fine, and everyone would have sorted it out, and then we can just open up again. And that continued, and you know, like we'd have a flight rebooked, and then it would just get cancelled because the government pushed the date and pushed the date and pushed the date. And then by the time we could fly, everywhere was getting crazy again. Oh. Um, and uh, and if I flew back on my jacks and then came back again, I wouldn't be able to get back into the country because I don't have any sort of resident status here or anything right, or didn't right. at the time. So, um, so I could, I, I felt like I couldn't really leave. So yeah, we ended up spending our first Christmas here at the end of 2020. And, um, that's mad, like Christmas in 35 degree weather. That's yeah, it's mad, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> that's different. 
sweating like um, Merry Christmas, all sweating and that. It's weird. Yeah, though. and then yeah, and then and then and then obviously they locked everyone down in in last Christmas and stuff again. So you know, if we'd have come home, we'd have been stuck, you know, stuck from the airport to the house and then just stuck in the house. Whereas here in Taiwan, they dealt with it so well that they haven't had a single day of lockdown since since we've been here. So you know, it's it's just been we've been able to live our live our lives normally. Normally, yeah. And, yeah, and most importantly, like I've got a little one. When we came out here, she just turned one, and um, she's three now. So she's actually been over here longer than she's been in the UK. But wow. you know, it's just that, and I, I know, you know, I know all the all the data and stuff talking about it's, you know, it's not so bad for kids, and you know, it's like less infectious and 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 less dangerous. But at the same time, if you had the option of staying in a place where everything was normal or coming home to just know that you were going to sit in your house, and yeah. We, we just decided if we could stay here, let's stay here. No, I hear that. What I say to people, as long as you feel safe, man, like wherever you feel safe is probably the best place because it is down to, you know what I mean, mentally, like having to deal with all of this, you know. Yeah, that's So it's better to be where you're comfortable. And I, I think, <clears> yeah, man, that's an amazing job, bruv, to be able to do that. You know, you've relocated um, in all of this, with all of this going on. But then somehow still manage... Um, to put out music with the band. So, yes, of course, head honcho. So you've been running the band, basically, for people who don't know, Lazy Habits, crazy-ass band, mainly known for their brass, their funk, you know what I mean, the grooves, and obviously the guy, the, the, guy, uh, the front man holding down the mic, you know what I mean? So it is MC Lazy, no? Yeah, well... It's it's a it's a bit it's a I started off as just Lazy Habits was my MC name but mm. I I never wanted to just do it just myself so it, I kind of got a band and then didn't change my name because it was a band and then and then it just didn't really matter so you know ah. if I guessed on other people's stuff it's Lazy Habits but yeah, as okay. a band we're Lazy Habits so yeah, 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 I yeah. guess it's a bit of a Jamiroquai type vibe in, not sound wise I just mean in terms of the name gets name. associated with him and the band right? yeah, so yeah 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 it just 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 in that sense i guess a little bit how did you get started with the band because just to be able to run that is it must be a, a bit of a monster already but how did the band get together well uh i, I mean I, I grew up in bands really um when I, you know when i was younger sort of before i started listening to hip-hop and 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 more specifically before i started finding out that British hip hop was a thing. Yeah. Um, I, I, otherwise, you know, I was just playing in kind of rock bands or whatever type of bands. And then when I was at home. Oh, I think we lost you a bit. See that? That's oh. that live via satellite work. You know what I mean? Sometimes the satellite might just move. Yeah, the satellite way. looks like it's moved the wrong direction. Yeah. Well, you know, depending on whether you're on a, globe or a flat plane <laughs> yes yeah man because boy man to run a band jeez and you got all these different people that's a lot man so yeah it'll be interesting to find out how the and then it's not just a normal band as with just like guitar bass and drums they've mm. got like some weird instruments that you need to you know good sound man for and all the rest of it yeah 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 yeah, yeah for sure man. and especially as they like they're always, they're always at, they always was at festival shows. So I suppose that sort of bigger instrumentation thing suits things like festivals mm. as well. But also, it's important to get a good sound mm. with with 
all those different instruments. You know, yeah, so for sure, like, man. That's if hard work, isn't yeah. it? That's but they've always, work, they've always been like, <clears throat> they've always been amazing when you catch them live. Shout out. <laughs> That's it. Fuck's sake, Bezos. Your boy says F for fuck's sake, Bezos. Um, yeah, man. Boy, I don't know. Like for me, you know what I mean? It's hard enough when you got like the crew in it. You got like the hype man, DJ, you know, I was doing this and that. That was hard work already. Well, it's like you got a whole band. Like, jeez. Yes, bro. We got you back. You know what I mean? Yeah, Shout sorry. out. That's all right. Yeah. Shout out to the Taiwan satellites. Waiting to start. You're listening to you guys chat happily in the background for like 40 minutes. And then as soon as you start talking. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. People know already, man. Um, the common sense is yeah. So, um, yeah, so you were I saying think... that you started off... Um, within bands already before even knowing about like there was British hip hop or whatnot. Yeah, so I was kind of sitting at home, you know, freestyling to myself and stuff in, in some crazy Yankee accent that I'd heard from whoever, you know, <laughs> it's just something you knew you could never take out of the house, but I just loved doing because I yeah. just loved the vibe, you know. And um and so I think it took a minute until I sort of <clears throat> stumbled upon I think it was probably Roots Maneuver first. Um and then and then from then Somehow I picked up a Louis Slippers tape, and wow. uh, and from then I found out a whole world of stuff that, that yeah. I could suddenly identify with, you know. And I, and it sounds weird, but when you hear someone like Roots Maneuver rapping about, you know, beans on toast, you think, oh, yeah. okay, cool, I can relate. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah of <laughs> I, course. I eat beans on toast, yeah. and I don't <laughs> I don't have pool parties with loads of bitches and Ferraris, and so you know, it's that kind of relating to one thing or another thing. And, yeah. and when you hear someone. That talks about you know the kind of shit that, that that you can relate to, and then obviously like all the UK stuff then becomes massively relatable. Yeah, and that Louis that Louis Slippers mixtape was a proper eye opener for me. So um, I'd always kind of been in bands and and, and always thought the, the the democracy element of bands sometimes was kind of at the detriment of the music. Mm. You know, when, you, when you're writing a song and suddenly everyone in the band has to well I haven't done my solo yet or I haven't done my bit yet, and it's mm. just like. I always wondered whether people were actually cared about the songs themselves or just wanted to just be in a band or whatever. So mm. the idea of putting something together like Habits was um, I was loving all the all the beat makers, you know, or, you know, Harry Loves and, and all, all of those people, Louis and all of that lot who were yeah. out there making beats. And I was just like, oh, you know, if we made our own music, because I came from the band side, if we made our own music, if we just had a jam and recorded the jam, mm. there would be like hours of music that you could then go through and sample yeah, yeah so yeah, you yeah. just created your own library just from a jam so it was kind of the basic idea and then making samples but then playing those samples live mm. you know just finding the loop in the rehearsal and going okay let's just play that let's repeat that let's loop that let's play that and then just trying to make it switch from song to song like a dj so you kind of had that more live experience but felt like a dj mc vibe but was liver because obviously you know those live bands you know they have the ability to sound much bigger i yeah. think now nowadays it's much more obvious as soon as rappers get big they get massive you know massive bands for their live tours when i saw jay-z at first a few times at the ponana and shepherd's bush oh, wow. um, yeah. it was just yeah dj and him and then the next time i saw him i think it was roundhouse with the full band and stuff and you know it's that level up to a bigger stage kind of vibe and and um and i remember going to um the cashmere verb t launch party mm. ah he's about to get into some juice yeah oh, finger on head as well it's like nice yeah 
That's a thoughtful. really good segue. That's a nice segue, man. Finger on head, like damn. Shout out DJ Pork Scratches. Oh, oh, sorry, Pork Scratches. DJ Pro Tracks. <laughs> I said Pork Scratches. Do that. <laughs> Shout out to DJ Pro, Pro Tracks. He says a shark chewed through the underwater cable again. <laughs> a shark chewed through the <laughs> underwater cable again. <laughs> I think we're back. Yeah, yeah. we're back. We're back. All right. So uh, you were at. Yeah, you were saying right. Verb T and Cashmere. They were performing. You saw them performing somewhere, Bertie and Cashmere. Um, but I just, I just, uh, yeah, it was at Cargo when they released that double album together. Do you remember that? Oh, the Low Life one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and um, and so I went to that, and I thought the gig was great. They were great, but I just felt coming elevated so much more, and I was kind of coming from a band side of things where. You know, you played, you played, you played, you played until you were amazing. And then you recorded your music and then entering a world where the music started in the studio uh, mm-hmm. and everyone was making music in the studio. And some of that would come to the live stage. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like I felt like the music wow. that was coming from the hip hop side of things was was amazing. But the performance side from the bands in general, well, well that's where they kind of cut their teeth. So the p- band performances were much more like impactful and stuff so i was mm. just trying to kind of bring the two things together i guess jeez, mm, man and then so what was the you know so you because like obviously you're known lazy habits is known for brass heavily and so how was that getting people together to and giving them the idea you know it must have been a bit tricky at first where people are like, is this gonna work or not in terms of making like hip-hop with a brass uh you know um section that's so big yeah well um i was living at, in in liverpool um i'd actually followed a band up there that i was in at the time and just went and worked in virgin megastores like basically while they were all at uni mm. and i was just working in liverpool just waiting for them to finish so like, we could make music mm. um so like and and then i kind of got in this little funk band and and there was a really really nice brass section in the funk band and I was always talking about this project that I wanted to start. And at some point when I moved back down to London, because it was always going to happen. Um, but when I did, I'd, I'd hook them up and, I'd, you know, there was like the, the other MC who used to be in the band, Robin. Yeah. I met him in Liverpool. Same thing. I was like, when he left, I was like, look, I'm going to hook you up when I, when I get, you know, like I'm hook up with you when I get when I get back and I have this idea for a project and maybe we can do something because he was literally the only other British rapper I'd ever I'd ever seen live like you know at the oh, time. For real. Um, yeah so so I had this kind of I'd been putting a seed in people's minds you know certain players minds who were all like you know up at university in Liverpool but they were from London or Guildford or around that sort of area so I kind of felt like when I came back I, I already had a bit of a of a like a, a plan in place. And um, and then I met this band called Imperial Leisure. Do you know those guys? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, um, and, and we'd been friends for a while. Long story, I went to jump over the fence at Glastonbury on my jacks once and we met on a train and <laughs> became friends and that was that. It was nuts, like, like proper like old school stuff. Yeah. And, and like, like, like 90, 94 or, or something stupid like that. Yeah. Um, and, um, and, then, and then when I moved to London and we, we kind of met again, he was just like, oh, I'm, by the way, I, I rap in a band. And I was like, oh, I, I kind of do that a bit. Yeah. And, um, and so all of a sudden, my, you know, I knew someone with a, with a hip hop band in London. So... I, they didn't have a hip hop se- a, a brass section, 
and I'd kind of was in this kind of discovery of, of UK hip hop that I was totally in love with. And I kind of brought my brass section into their band because my band wasn't mm. ready yet. So I was kind of always, always kind of trying to keep it warm and trying to move forwards um, for when I was ready. So I kind of felt like when I actually was ready to do it and I'd written a couple of songs in the studio with, you know, like produced producer studio, just me and another guy had written a couple of beats and I had enough to bring to a band. Mm. Um, so yeah, so that it was kind of easy once I'd started it, but the, it was like pre-planning for a couple of years, definitely. Yeah, 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 for sure, man. Even, uh, I think, yeah, your mom was saying, it's, it's really interesting that you wanted to blend the two from such an early time in UK hip-hop history. Because obviously, that, that we weren't really hearing that, um, if at all. It might have been like at, like sort of Apricot Jam, you know, John ZD had a live band, <laughs> um, and a few events like that. But yeah, so that's interesting, man. Yeah, I always, I always wanted, like, I had this family getting out, you know, I, I don't know why I can only think about Harry Love at the moment, but I definitely remember I just want to work with. And, and, and straight away, I was just like, um, I think someone Except like Harry, Harry Love, Love would be would be amazing because of the kind of sample choices that he was making. Yeah. And uh, and I just thought, yeah, maybe we could bring Harry Love in and he could come into a rehearsal, listen to us rehearse and, like, produce the band like he was sitting in front of pro tools or something do you know mm -hmm. what i mean like oh like tell the drummer to cut this and do this rather than actually you know doing it with your mouse and stuff mm -hmm. so <laughs> i was that that into it trying to get a uk producer in to do something on, on, on that kind of vibe yeah wow yeah smart man slick and then um so how did it come about because the the other thing is that um obviously you uh, you managed to do quite a few sort of big level gigs you know, off the off your own back, as opposed to being signed to a label. Mm. You know, you're doing it all independently, and I've seen you work, man. I've been there, seeing you on the on the computer, going back and forth, a few million tabs all opened up and all that. Do you know what I mean? Like, how did you get to that point? Like, what what was the beginning stage in terms of you know? So, say for artists now, if they're trying to, you know, get to a point where they're at least gigging. You know, what were you, what, yeah, what was the mindset? I think, I think it's, uh, the, the, there was a twofold mindset. And I think one of them was a bit, a bit of a, a bit of a mindset that didn't really make sense. And I think that part of the mindset was like, oh, I need to get, I need to earn my stripes within the UK hip hop scene. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to go down to the open mics. I need to get on the, I need to be at the events. I need to do all the things. And, and so, you know, I wanted to play, you know, I didn't care. I turned down some management deals because I, I just wanted to do it on our own first. I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to like someone to give us something. I wanted to earn Ernie. an audience. I wanted to put records out on our own that, that people that might buy and, and stuff like that. That's how you know he's hip hop boy. You wanted to do it the hard way. Yeah. Mm. What no easy Which, route. You know, I, I was going to say, I, I, I guess in retrospect, perhaps there was a, something a little bit naive about that and a little bit young, perhaps a little bit kind of punky, I guess, which is, which is how I, I think, you know, UK hip hop in, in that sense was kind of like a punk movement and you know, yeah. it, was, it was it was it was like the voice of, of, of people angry people and not, not just angry but it was it was an outlet it was a voice and i just upset people i was liking it to, to, to yeah to something like that and um and so yeah so i felt like i had to do those things and we had to play those shows and i was really happy to do that but on the other side of things 
you know, I, I grew up going to festivals, man. I used I went started going to Glastonbury when I was like 15, 16, 16. And, uh, and I was just going there with like 14 quid in my pocket, just hitching, jumping on trains, jumping over fences and stuff. I couldn't afford a Glastonbury ticket. Wow. Um, so I was, but I loved festivals. And so I literally, I sat at a, a, a desk and went on a website called Virtual Festivals. Um, I think it's still there, but there are other festival websites like it. And I literally went through the A to Z of every single festival on that list made a spreadsheet, went to every single one of the of the websites, made sure that they were, you know, right for us in terms of music wise, like, you know, like not not a metal festival or whatever. Mm. And then I literally contacted every single one of those. Um, and I'm these are between hundreds, hundreds and hundreds. Like, it was like something like 90 plus pages of festivals, you know, that I was going through on this website. Um, and maybe we got five or six off of that. Um, Wow. But when we played when we played those shows, I made sure that like because of my band background, that the band was fucking ready, sick. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. really tight for out the gate. I didn't want to play shows until we were like six months in rehearsals mm. first because I wanted it to be sick tight. out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so whatever festivals we played that year, we got invited back to the next year. And obviously the first ones you're playing for nothing or 50 quid or something like that. And then you can get invited back for a bit more and then a bit more. And then people hear of you because, you know, you've got to stay on it and contact festivals and say, you've played these festivals. So we'll let you play. And and um, and I think that was kind of what the, the hard working part was really just getting on a computer and uh, and doing the research. Um, and it's it's long and annoying and. Yeah, I don't like it, and it's mostly no's or no replies. But if you don't put the work in, you're never going to get the shows. That's the way I used to see it. Yeah, and I think you proved it as well, like like the fact that you managed to do that. You know, that's something that a lot of people would not. That shit they might not never know nothing about. They would not do. You know, like it's the hard part is getting the work, but then even you know, um, let's say like preparing yourself to even try and get the work. That's that's like the main, you know, all right, who am I going to contact? Like you said, you were breaking it down. Okay, is this the sort of festival that we, we would really be playing at? Nah, okay, move on. And then out of the, like you said, the 900 pages or whatever, you know, you managed to get a few gigs. That wouldn't, that wouldn't have happened. Like, that wouldn't have you happened know, if you didn't do that. No, and you just reminded me, actually. There's Shout another to Beatbox thing, Hobbit so... in the building. <laughs> we, would, uh, we would, like, get to a, to a festival... And the first thing we would do, I've literally forgotten this until you just mentioned it. Mm. First thing we would do out the gate is like, we would go to every single stage, try and find a stage manager and ask if any of the bands had canceled or if there was a spare slot or something like that. So, you know, I can't even remember if that ever worked, but that was how hungry we were. We're we're playing some small ass show in in the bar or something. And there's like, you know, let's, let's pop around the other stages and see if someone couldn't make it. Like, see if, so, you know, we were that hungry at the time. Jeez, that's going in, man. And, and that's funny, Hobbit's there, because that's the Beatbox Collective style yeah. festival appearance. It's like three shows in one night. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Anyway, oh, is that Hobbit slot? in the chat? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Hobbit's in the chat, man. What's your oh, Good it? old, he Jack. said, Jack's uh, a good friend, man. He said, ah, oh, the good old festival application hustle. <laughs> 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 yeah, boy, been there, man. That's crazy. Yeah, so basically, so putting in that sort of work and then as you were saying, the gig started coming in and then more 
that people saw what you did. They actually saw the product because that's what we want in it. As long as they see us live, then now they know like, all right, yeah, these lot don't play around. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and so that, from there, yeah, that was... that's when it started. Things started like moving towards the direction that you, you, you were planning. Yeah, we um, we got a gig with a crew called Chaiwala. You, you might know you might yeah. know them from playing with Smokey Joe. Maybe. Yeah, 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 Chaiwala. Um, they've got and, and... a spot. They do Glastonbury as well as I think they have a spot at Boomtown they, as well. They, they used to do. They used to do Glastonbury. They used to do Boomtown. They don't actually do okay, those now, okay. but they used to. So, so but saying that is like if you if you got on a show with Chaiwala and you played well, there was a chance they would take you on for the season. And and if you think about that tent is a, like a little Lollapalooza in a way. Mm. It kind of they pick up a lineup and they'll keep that lineup for the entire summer. Oh so, right. You know, so if you get on the lineup, you know, back then you used to end up doing Secret Garden, Boomtown, Kendall Calling, Green Man, Shambhala. You know, so you you get on a run of six yeah. or seven festivals and, and it would look great. You know, it would it would be great because you were playing with the same bands every weekend. And they become your family. And, you know, we've come up with our own little side projects out of things like that and mm. shared musicians. And it, it kind of created a community with those guys. And um, I mean, like Ty used to play with them, Gentleman's Dub Club, Little Dragon, Roots Maneuver. They, you know, like even Ed Sheeran started with, with, with wow. those guys. So, you know, they've had a really good caliber of artists going through. They, they choose really good artists there. They're not one of the big stages at a festival, although they're still like a thousand cap tent. But they're they're kind of they become known as the vibe place really of festivals where people go and watch a, a bunch of bands that they don't know but they know are going to be good rather than bands they've heard of on the lineup. So it, it's a really great place to find good music and and yeah. So once once we fell in with those guys, it became a bit easier. And so like um, and the other thing as well is like the style of music like not you know hip hop doesn't really spread to every type of festival. Like so did you? Did you ever find it a bit of a struggle as well, the fact that you were pushing like a hip hop band? Um, it, it's it's, it's kind of weird because the, the struggle, I think, as a hip hop band um, comes from the preconception of what people consider hip hop. That's yeah, yeah, it. yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so so you, you always like once you get past that obstacle um, of people understanding that there are different styles of music within a genre. Uh, <laughs> Then um, you know, then 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 you then I felt like we were safe once we were on stage. We could prove it, but and then but I also felt it was the other way. Sometimes you get booked for a you know for a hip hop event, and and suddenly you're you're in some you know what they used to consider an urban event, and we were totally out of place because people were playing you know like like you know Mark Morrison R and B type vibes and stuff like that. Yeah, and suddenly yeah, you're yeah. like, oh, this isn't this isn't going to hit. And then yeah. you get on stage, and it, and again it would work for some reason. Mm. People would just people would just actually enjoy it and then and then we have ended up playing on lineups with rock bands and and, and metal bands and, and stuff like that and <laughs> and again people enjoy it it's you know it it, it it's kind of weird because i mean obviously a lot of a lot of, i used to listen to a lot of i don't know like grunge and shit when i was growing up so i, I always felt like a lot of the kind of the the stops and the gaps and and the space in, in the tunes comes from that kind of music so i think I think it hit a lot of aesthetics in a lot of different genres, just from what what the people in the band were bringing into to the songs. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, there's a bunch of people who don't like it as well, uh, of course. <laughs> but it was weird to us how many different how many people from different who were into different types of music actually enjoyed us as a band. 
I think it keeps it open as well. The fact that you can do that, you know, you're not just going to be playing in one, in one particular type of festival or jam as well because of that. Yeah. And, and because and because you're, um, you know, you've got you've got a, a, a live background. And so for, for because you're playing alongside other live bands, um, you're probably a lot of festival people's first introduction to like anything close to to sort of rap and hip-hop culture and all the rest of it yeah you know? so so yeah. you're actually out there sort of on the front line pushing it to new audiences as well and mm. and bringing in new audiences there's people who may not have even heard of uk hip-hop unless they had seen you know your band alongside another band or something so you know it's it's it's, it's accessible in all different ways yeah yeah uh, yeah, I think I think that's I think that's definitely the case. It it, it did definitely kind of uh, endear us to uh, to a bunch of people who who didn't have hip hop acts at their stages and and I think when <clears throat> once I'd fell in once we were playing Glastonbury and I, and I got on started getting on really well with the with the people who used to run the Jazz World stage. Um, that's mm. PRS stuff which we can talk about later as well. Um, but yeah, so I fell in with that lot and and straight away I was you know. Like Task Force would be playing up in the in you know at three in the morning up at uh, you know in a tent in the Shangri La area of you know the corner of Glastonbury mm. that's really beautiful at night, and I would make sure that the the Booker's assistant came with me to watch Task Force. Wow. It was just like, and I then I like like you know I pushed her in front of Chester after the show, <laughs> and uh, and 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 I was just like you know the you know book these guys you know I, wow. I, so I was really. I was really about trying to bring bring our lot in, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, and because I really felt like I loved, you know, I loved that kind of music so much that I really felt like it was something that, that needed to become, you know, needed to become more more known and more heard, Definitely. you know. So you know, when people were like, oh wow, you know, I didn't know people made music like that, and I was just like, well, there's a whole world of people who make music like this. <laughs> Let me show you. <laughs> show yeah, you. it's there mad, you go, isn't yeah. it? When you like think back to when you first got introduced to like UK hip hop. You know, because uh, it's a similar thing like what you were saying earlier. Like, you didn't really know that there was a scene like that, mm. you know. And, like, my first memories are sort of, like, we used to sneak into my friend's older brother, his room, when he was out. And so he had all these records there. And so he he would have, like, all the American stuff, you know, like KRS, you know, we'd see EPMD, you know, all these different albums and that we're looking at. But then he'd have some UK singles as well, you know, mm. like Hijack or Gunshot. So you'd be looking like, oh, wow, this is how it is here, you know. Mm. But you still didn't really get the full feel for it until it was time to, like, go out and see it. And I think it was probably, for me, maybe a Mudlam's gig or something like that that I went mm. to. And it was I was like, oh, shit, there's all these. I'm seeing Skinny Man, you know, Mungo, all the um, Mud Fam and that, as mm. well as the Berry Crew. And you're just like, wow, boy, there's a whole world out here with this UK hip-hop thing. You know, and then you start hearing more names, you know, you're listening to 279 or whoever, and it's like, shit, man. Yeah, like, what was that like for you, man? Were you, your first introduction, you said it was a, a Roots Maneuver tune you had first, but then when you found out that it was actually a scene. Yeah, that was, that was kind of weird because, you know, like, imagine your first introduction is like, is like you know, Louis Slipper's, you know, ten pound bag, mm. and then all of a sudden, it's you're not you're not just found one new artist, you have found thirty, yeah, like, off, off off one thing, and it and it's just like all of a sudden, it's just like shit, what wow, okay, um, 
and then you go record shopping and you find you know mr bongos and selected disc and and deal real and all of those places and then mm. you start going there every week and, and then you start getting to know people there and then they start pulling records for you so you go in every week and, and they'd have pulled some records for you to listen yeah, to yeah, yeah. And they, you know they and then you you know again you bump into someone like chess or someone dropping their records off in the shop and you'd be like oh my god these people like drop their own records off <laughs> 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 you know uh and and, and and um and yeah and so straight away i think i think one of the first records i picked up off that off that offer that was brain tax first mm. record and um i mean you, you i think you've got intros on two of those albums right you're on yeah. the first track on both of those right oh am i is that right uh, yeah I first think... one of mixed 10 pound bag mix one i think am i you're on the, oh, what, with you're not Brain Tax and, uh, nah, I don't know if it's the intro track, because I remember it's the, uh, boom, 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 yeah. boom, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. tune with, um, I think it's Jest as well, isn't it? Brain Tax and Jest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I was like, all right, Brain Tax album, and, um, and I think, was it, you're on the first track of that? It's, I think it's well, like, don't drag me it. in, I think maybe two, track two or three, maybe, yeah, on, uh, yeah. what's it called? And again, Byrofunk. Byrofunk, yeah. Byrofunk, yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then from that from that period of time, like I mean, I, I, if you look at my record collection, sorry. Hmm? No, 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 didn't say anything. Oh right, it was, I think it was me feeding back. Um, yeah, I think from from that moment on, like for that for that period of time, I have pretty much everything that was released on vinyl wow. <laughs> for like a, a year or two when it was when it was all kind of like you know crazy golden and stuff yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know and, and then I started going to shows. I found out kung fu because I used to hang around Deal Real because I used to know these guys called the Untold. So, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember Untold. Store. Jeez, are you hanging yeah. with them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember Untold. Well, my other, yeah, my other MC went to school with them and. Um, yeah, and so Joe Joe Compound was pretty pretty um, pretty. Uh, I mean, he, they didn't put out much music. They didn't do many shows, but he he killed Deal Real every time he went there. Mm. So we'd go down Deal Real every Friday after after work, and uh, and then we'd like go Organics with those guys on wow. the weekends. Um, and and then and then it was like Kung Fu, and then you know yeah. So it all just kind of went on from there, and 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 yeah, it was it was great. It was like just this complete new world that had opened and. Yeah, it was sick. Did it. you hit the open mic at all on the at Kung Fu? That's 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 what I was gonna mention to you the other day. First time <laughs> I went down Kung Fu and it was one of those ones where like there was literally like forty people standing on stage with you hosting it. Oh shit. And Jesus. I got up. I was I was like pretty sure I went with my girl in it and like the last thing you want to do is in a place like Kung Fu is leave your girl's side for more than five minutes. Right? There's only three of them in there or something. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, That's um, the early so, days. Uh, the early days. Boy. <laughs> yeah. man. So I got up and I just did my verse and then I just got straight back off the stage and, and you actually stopped the music and you went, listen, can everyone just can do what he did? Get up, do your verse and then and just fuck off. <laughs> and, I, and I think it was more because I was just, a, you know, like I didn't know anybody and I was just, you know, not intimidated, but like a bit nervous and stuff. So I just kind of got up, shuffled up, did my thing and then jumped off. But I, I remember you making a comment about how you wished everyone had that kind of etiquette, etiquette. just to like, you know, not just like muscle shoulder each other for the yeah, next oh, 20 minutes trying, yeah, to, trying to like yank on a mic cord away from somebody else or something Jeez, like that. So, yeah. so yeah, mics, I did, man. I did. I did them, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them early open mics, boy, they were grimy. It was like, you know, calm down, bruv. Like, you're breathing on me now. You know what I mean? Move back six feet, six foot six away, bruv. <laughs> Yo, yeah. yeah, man. But, you know, that's that's the breeding ground, man. That's where you learn. I always say to people, like, the open mics are important because you're going to be doing this now, not in front of your brethren. So you're like, yeah, man, that sounds sick. Yeah, bro. Oh, I smashed it. Yeah, that first. You know, they're always, they're not always going to be like that, but majority of the time it's yes, man. If you go in front of people you don't know, and especially people that are MCs as well, like they're trying to, you know, hone their craft. It's like, okay, now you're going to get the true response. You know what I mean? It's going to be either, and this is the same thing in front of a crowd, a whole bunch of people who don't know you. They're like, all right, I want to hear what this MC's got. So you're either going to get, you know what I mean, booed or it's going to be, you know, <coughs> it's not going to be a pleasant time, let's just say. <laughs> no. uh, if people are saying you should get off the mic and whatnot. Or you could get people screaming their head off, like, like blah, blah, blah. Like, you smash it. And now you know, yeah. either way, you're going to find out what you need to do. If they're not, you know, if they're not really with it, then you know you've got to work on that a bit more. Go back. All right, let me come with something better than that. I gotta to top that. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. If they're yeah. making noise, all right, let me come with more of that shit. Sometimes you might get that no response where people are just quiet. You know, that's happened to me before. <laughs> and yeah, oh, you, yeah, you kind of wonder to yourself, like, okay, was that good or not? And what I assess from it is that that's usually when people are like, oh, this shit's pretty good, but they don't know who you are. And they, they probably need to hear more to make sure. But a lot of it is like, shit, I don't know who this is, but that was pretty sick. So don't ever yeah. be, you know, when it's quiet, don't don't feel like, oh, shit, maybe that means you're doing something good. If they're, if they're booing, if they're throwing tomatoes at you and shit, yeah, then. Mm. But the open mic is, yeah, bigger man says crickets. When you get the crickets. <laughs> now, nah, not crickets. That's what I'm saying. It's not even crickets. It's like silence, like, hmm. You know, and people are looking around like, hmm. Does anyone know who this is? Or they, they kind of want to big you up, but they feel a bit baked. They're like, yeah, but maybe other people think it's shit. You know how we are, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it was, it, it's, it's, yeah, in my opinion, the open mic is really where MCs, you have to find one. Like, fuck all this shit. Even, I guess, if, even if it's online, but you have to find an open mic to really find out if what you're doing is right. <coughs> Do you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, like, yeah I, I loved, I kind of loved that vibe, man. I liked that kind of side of it where you had to kind of prove yourself. It was the closest thing that I'd come across to bands having to prove themselves when you used to go to like a, a, a like an indie night or a rock night or something. You'd literally, they'd have crammed five bands on in like three hours. Mm. Each band gets like 20 minutes. And, and, and that was like kind of cutthroat in the same way that the, the kind of the open mic scene was. So, right. you know, I so, kind of felt like you were playing for, a, you know, you were playing for another gig or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 who, yeah. Who, who do you think is more brutal? The 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 hip hip hop crowd or the music, the indie crowd? The hip hop crowd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <that's... laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you were fishing for that. That answer was inevitable. No, yeah, but it's, with bands, it is. It's there's a, there's a similar thing in that, like, you're not good enough musicians as the other bands, or you know, you're not the same music as the two other bands that are on, and all. You know what I mean? So you can go to some 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 town. So you say like we used to play in Camden or something. You go to Camden. We're not. I'm not from that area. So we go to Camden. There'd be a certain type of band there. 
Mm. And if your band's not like that band, you just get sort of... Oh, scenes. So they're like... Mm. Yeah, they yeah. Did, but they're not like. And then there's the other thing: if everyone just leaves when your band's on, anyway, so you know, they don't bother sticking around to watch your band. They watch their friend's band and they just go. And then they're off. They're like, "Fuck this other." Yeah, band. but with with oh, yeah. but with hip hop nights, the turnaround's so quick, you don't really get time to for people to leave. They're sort of like, right, next person straight on, next person's yeah, on. You know, yeah, so true. sort of yeah. yeah there's oh, well, pros and cons. I guess it's more camaraderie yeah, yeah, in right. that sense, isn't it? But that's why I was interested to hear what your what your response was. I I agree with you, by the way. I think the the hip hop crowd are a tougher crowd. Yeah, Tough crowd the, out here, the man. The scene as a whole, in the UK scene as a whole, I found not 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 clicky as such, but I did find it pretty hard to come in, and it was pretty purist. You know, like people would be like, "Oh, you got banned." Uh, that's not really hip hop. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you, know, you know, people would say that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, definitely had, I used to get that. I don't, I don't like hip hop bands. And I was like, all right, cool, fine. Yeah. You know, and it's like, all right, you know, it's fine, it's fine. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is the thing as well, is that people can make that judgment as well. Once you say you're a hip hop band, they can just think of a hip hop band that they've heard before. Oh, yeah, I didn't really like them. And then you just go, oh, I don't really like hip hop bands. It's like, yeah, but you haven't heard us yet. What the fuck are you talking about, bro? Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's the shit where, you know, but people are, that's how people are, man. And you, you kind of, you just roll with it. You know, once they hear you, once they see you, then it's a it's a whole different ball. Yeah, game. I'm sure. I'm sure you changed a lot of people's minds anyway with with such yeah, a good, such a good like, band. Just like, yeah, the quietly confident person. I yeah. didn't need to talk shit or do anything like that. If we could get on stage, I was confident that the people who might like it would like it. Mm. The people who are never going to like it are never going to like it. That's fine. But, you know, we, we could change some minds if, we, if someone would let us on stage. I always felt like that. Well, you definitely, I, I liked it. That, like, uh, like I said, man, when I saw, I went to go, um, I think I went with Shorty Blitz and that. I went to go see uh, Most Def live, Shepherd's Bush Empire. Woo! Bruv. Excited. I'm like, yo, this is going to be crazy. Crazy, yeah? Get there, get some drinks in, probably blaze the couple outside, you know what I mean? Just to make sure you keep that balance. Don't want it all to be alcohol. You need some of it to be <laughs> THC <laughs> Keep that balance, yeah? Get in, and then bam. They're like, yeah, the opening act, come out. Horns, going crazy. I was like, right. And I, I think you might have had Soul with you as well. Miss Baby Soul was with you that Yeah, we night, did, right? That um yeah that's the first night she introduced me to colin as well yeah 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 yeah. that's it so yeah and um but yeah i was just like yo these lot are killing it mc yeah you were smacking it up and then the hype man you know he was dressed very robin. smart as well robin he was dressed very smart but he had his one hand in the pocket one hand on the mic like holding the mic and another hand in the pocket all casual and I, that do you know what I mean? that's the bit that threw me off where i was like right it was different. Obviously, now looking back, I'm like, yo, that it worked because it made me look and go, what is what is going on there? But the thing is, this is what I want to get to, is the fact like, yes, you get in that gig. I got to see you outdo most death. Like the 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 supporting act outdid the headline act. Do you know what I mean? That I mean, night, I was I was like surprised. I was like, yo, and you know. Most deaf, and he did some rapping thing with the drums, like he was rapping with the drum. But I was like, bruv, nah, man, you ain't, you know, nah, you didn't. So, yeah, from then I was like, yo, 
lazy habits are about that life, boy. They will take over your shit if you let if you give them the chance. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So that was an amazing <laughs> set, man. But yeah, talk to me about the story behind the hand in the pocket hype, man. Because I was trying to get um, Jargon to do that for years, but he wouldn't do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I met I met Robin up in um, up in Liverpool when I was up there working, and he was in a in a, a hip hop band. I was I was like in a funk band because I, I I sing, well I used to sing, just sing. Oh, for real. Um, and 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 yeah, that's how I kind of came up. So rapping was kind of like a hobby on the side that mm. kind of became a thing. And um and and he was a rapper in a band and and like he's got a philosophy degree. I really liked his lyrics. I thought he was a great MC. And um you know we kind of jumped on each other's stages and stuff for you know for for the time we were up there. And then he came back like a year before me. And he literally, like I said, he was probably the first British rapper I'd met in the flesh. Mm. And um and and I thought he was great. I think his lyrics are great. And um and so I brought him in pretty early when I went down. Um, originally more as uh, as as a hype man. Um, like you said. Um, but he's a great writer. His lyrics are great, and he mm -hmm. kind of he wrote you know wrote his way onto a bunch of stuff on the first album and, oh, and became you know a, a fully fledged member of the band at, at the time. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, and he had that swagger, man. The hand in the pocket. You know what I mean? I think yeah. it was a tweed suit as well, wasn't it? I think I had, I had my grandfather's tweed suit on. Oh, I yeah, think he, was wearing the, <laughs> he was wearing the black number. Yo, yeah, you look. I used to wear my grandfather's suit for, as a lucky, lucky charm. Boy, smacked it, man. Yeah, that show was crazy, bro. <laughs> yeah, it was something to be yeah. proud of as well, you know what I mean? Knowing that it's a UK band. And uh, it's the first yeah, we, time I heard you guys as well. Yeah, we did it. I think we did three shows of the tour, and it was like Shepherd's Bush, then Bristol, then back to Shepherd's Bush. Um, and the first Shepherd's Bush show was like you know walking in, walking in the Shepherd's Bush Empire via the side door. Mm. <laughs> you know, we were just like, oh my days! Like, I actually went to see Most Def there when he toured Black on Both Sides. So I was at that venue in the crowd watching wow. Most Def. Like, you know, and then and then suddenly I was walking in the side door, you know, supporting most deaf. And and I think the, the, the person that went in that side door wasn't the same person who came out, you know, like, you know, we, we thought we were going to have dinner with most deaf and we were going to talk about things. And I've, I didn't meet most deaf for another three years wow. <laughs> like after that show. Like, I never met him. I never saw him. Um, I mean, oh, he, he would arrive. He'd arrive in a car. 40 minutes late and and just go straight on stage and then come straight off stage and 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 go into the van and he was gone um lauren hill style and yeah so so yeah so i mean yeah so that first show just like, we don't remember it like we kind of played the show finished the show got to the dressing room and everyone was just like well, what just happened yeah. and that was the first taste of being on a massive stage and just blinking and it was over and just not knowing what we I didn't know what we'd done I didn't know couldn't remember anything it was just it was just one of those weird ones and and over those three days by the time we came back and played it the second day it kind of felt like we changed as a band you know we'd kind of taken some crazy step forwards into Mature. playing on these bigger stages and stuff and and just being being there being present in mind on stage and just trying to enjoy it a little more and you know, Baby Soul obviously was with us for the, for those three dates, and she she was already 
think she's pretty sure she was already playing with Paloma. Yeah. Um, and so she had that. She knew. She knew how it was. She knew what we should be doing and how we should be. And, and, and she was so helpful, kind of calming us down and just easing us into the whole thing. And, and yeah, it was, it was, yeah, that was a crazy experience. I'll yeah. never forget those, those yeah. shows. And yeah. And baby was, baby was the, you know, without doubt, she was like the, the cool head, the, the professional on that stage. Can you talk through like, um, so, you know, you were saying, obviously, you know, one of the major steps you had to make was like going through a whole list of um, different, festivals and promoters and whatnot but then also obviously you've got to then handle the bookings as well right like when things are coming in or people you've contacted when they're getting back to you and now you've got to look at dates you've got to check that everyone's free and whatnot you know that must have taken a few years to sort of get your head around okay how can i make this workflow easy for me and still write lyrics you know what i mean and all I, that. I, 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 I honestly think I only cracked that last year. Serious? <laughs> Serious? Yeah. What? I think so. I mean, wow. I think I think there was a time when it was better and then, you know, people get a little bit older, you got more responsibilities and stuff and we went through a lot of a lot of times a lot of shows of playing with like one member of the band was a dep, like someone we'd have to hire in and rehearse and stuff and and uh and I think when you when you're doing that the shows the show can still be amazing because, you know, we've never had a bad player play with us. They're always mm. amazing players. But, you know, to get as good as everybody else's is, isn't just about rehearsing. It's about playing a bunch of shows together. There's no there's no kind of, you know, there's no better rehearsal you can get than actually playing shows. Mm. You know, doing, you know, you can rehearse in a room as much as you want, but it's completely different once you get on stage. And, yeah. and, and you know, I always felt like the show wasn't 100% as good as it could be. Uh, or you know if you get a dep in for one show in a run of three or four then you've got to train that guy up as much as you're train. you know again who doesn't know all the songs and then you can't really work on all the kind of you know the little tricks and, and little bits and bobs you can do in a show that can really engage an audience that aren't really about what you're playing or how you're playing the songs but just how you deliver those mm. you know like your little, your little stops your little breaks and that that would all have to go out the window if we had a if we had a dep in with little time and stuff so i think with with this album we've been able to kind of just book so far in advance that i haven't really you know we were like these are the dates and you if you can't do one then you can't do any of them Wow. Just for this run, just for this run, you're not out of the band or anything. Just, you know, it's it's so important that we play the show, mm. especially you know considering how much time we've got. With me being over here, the rehearsal time's short. We haven't been rehearsing every week, you know, like we used to, and so it's a case of just getting all the players in one room, making the best show that we can, and then touring that show, and then looking at the next batch of shows and making sure that the entire band can do that batch of shows again. And so I felt like just just trying to block stuff in advance you know it's, it's it's pretty easy to find out who's available five five months in advance six months in advance you know you're not like you know oh i can't do that night i've got dinner with judy or something you know you, yeah. just, you haven't booked dinner with judy six months in advance so so you know it, it just it, with regards to that i found that was a better way i mean keeping a diary updated is is super important having a list of depths in you know beforehand was super important so you know before we had a rule where if we had to have more than two two players in the band from our pool of players who knew the material if we had to do that then the show you know we wouldn't just, we wouldn't do a show um yeah so i mean that 
that, if I'm honest, is probably the most annoying, frustrating part of the thing of the whole of the whole thing. And Organizing, I think, yeah, getting the band together, making sure everyone's free. Mm. Hectic, right? <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, I mean, bruv, and props for you uh, to be able to do that, man. Because yeah, I've seen you know people at work doing that, and I'm just like, wow. I don't know if I'd have the patience, man. I do not know because you got to deal with. You know, not to say egos in a bad way, but you got to deal with everyone's different type of personality, and yeah. you know, <clears throat> some you you know you get them people that you just know they're not as reliable as they make out. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, they don't even hear what you're saying. You're like you're talking to them, and they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But you're like, bruv, no, nah, are you gonna be there? Yeah, we gotta leave eight thirty. Like, make sure the flight is at this time. All that stuff can be can uh, yeah get on top. I can imagine. Yeah, we've we've been through a few of those people missing, missing planes, people missing, missing vans, people sleeping through, you know, like we've we, yeah we've had our share of that, but but we yeah we got, we kind of got through it. But you're right about the personality thing. It's like you can't you know no one can be spoken to in the same way. Some people like the carrot. Some people respond better to a stick. You know, some people <laughs> you know will, will, they won't read an email if it's over ten lines long. You yeah. know, and that, that's just different personality traits. I'm, I don't mean like just people in my band. I just yeah, mean no, the way general. people digest information. What what inspires people to do you know to do things, you know that kind of thing. Yeah, no, I hear that for sure, man. And that's why I admire it, man, because it, it, it seems like it's a lot of work and I can imagine <laughs> it is anyway. But you... Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Go on. God, I was just going to say, we do we do have an agent now, like we, you know, and we have had for a little while, but we, you know, considering that our first album is 10 years old this year, um, there, was, there was at least half of that that we were doing it ourselves, yeah. Damn. So... Uh release time now then you've got a new release coming now do you want to just do should we just do plugs quickly for everyone Pluggity plug plug yes shout out to the crew to the, before we move on to the new album stuff yeah yeah, yeah you're right you're right we've got to do that man shout out i see see through the script shout out to script in the building man you lot make sure you check out his podcast uh i believe it's every weekend man script hackers where they go in on the gematria you know what i mean that's some shit you might not never know nothing about we we had him on a few weeks ago, man, and he broke down some crazy ass stuff. Yeah, end of last year. It was amazing, man. So yeah, check that out. Where can uh, what's the best way of people getting hold of you, James, and seeing what's going on with you lot? Um, well, lazyhabits.com or just just generals on generally on on, on the socials. Um, the it's we're kind of lucky with the Google Google search. Uh, if you type in our name. You just get us and Albert Einstein quotes. So <laughs> <laughs> about your band, kind of, yeah. Well, I mean that, that's that's the other thing. We, we, when we talk about like lazy habits, you turn up five minutes to a sound check, and suddenly a sound engineer, a pissed off sound engineer, saying, "I know why you're called lazy habits," but um, it, you know it actually does come. It does come from an Albert Einstein quote. Oh, okay. But that's, right. Yeah, but yeah. So yeah, Google us and you'll find the Albert Einstein quote or us. Um, but yeah, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Yes, and we see you've got a bunch of gigs com- coming up for, um, well, from February going into April. There's a bunch of gigs coming up, so mother lovers better be ready. We'll get into that on the other side, though. Mm. Let's give a shout out to our brother. Shout out to Sam Egger, man. Canisersuk.com, mother lovers. 
Mm-hmm. I'll say it again. Canisters. You know what I mean? Canisters. It feels good to say it. Canisteruk.com. What I'm telling you, Dan, another game changer. That CBD, man. What, the cream? Yeah, the cream. Did you get the delay spray? No, no, no. I've got the cream. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Delay spray. <laughs> what the hell is the delay spray, man? No, I've, got, I've got the cream and the little squirty, the little squirty bottle with the oh, CBD oh, oil. <laughs> Woo! Rav, it works wonders, man. Like, I know you don't really bun, like, you know, you, no. the days are done. I'll be but off right if I had that When spray. you do the CBD <laughs> and you're blazing, the shit fucks you up. <laughs> Like, you don't have to smoke as much. Nah, man, because the shit's just leveling out. Like, yo, okay. Yeah, you want a bit more of it? Nah, ah, bruv. Yeah, it feels good, man. And uh, the sleep as well. Like, you sleep like a baby. Like, woo. Yeah, mm. so, uh, you know, and that's the full spectrum one I got. But there are loads of different products on there um, containing CBD. All natural. You know what I mean? You ain't got to worry about no other binders, mm. fillers, or whatever other stuff that might mess with your skin. Um, there are topical products as well as um, stuff that you can ingest, like the chocolate stirrers. Whoa, chocolate st- CBD chocolate stirrers, bruv. Mm. You just put it in the hot water. And they you look just, good. Oh, yeah, bruv, yeah. It's banging, man. And yeah, um, definitely look them up. com, and you can get a whopping 20% off all your orders when you type in S Y M N N K N A, mother lovers. You know what that is. Some shit you might not never know nothing about. Say it with me now. Shit you might not never know nothing. <laughs> yeah, all right. Forget it, man. You know. That's, that's no good of him to do that. Very me, good man. of him to do that. Fucking up, man. Jesus Christ. So, uh, did you do a. Uh, sorry, James. What we normally have every couple of weeks is we have a, a, a thing called My Stiggy investigates that's right oh yeah which is where yeah, yeah. we ask um really important question a really important question an you know, investigative I'm question trying to get down to the bottom of like so who we are run through the answers of those quickly before we get back yeah, to you want to get into mice investigates all right check this, out. this week mother lovers you know i had to get back out there back out in these streets find out what's really going on in this world What's going on in my life? What are people doing with themselves? And we had to find out this uh, really important, the answers to this really important question this week. What would you consider to be your dream job? Hit us up in the comments. Your dream job, mother lovers. What would you, what would you consider that to be? The, are you, yours is probably some kind of Masonic, something to do with building. <laughs> Using the 90 degree angles, <laughs> compass in a square. Go on. I have to think about it. I'll come back to me. Yeah, it's true. It's a hard one to think about, isn't it? The ideal job. What would that be? Oh, James, do you have an ideal job? Are you doing it already? I think. I think maybe. I think maybe. Um, I've. I always. I always kind of position. Try to position myself in a way that one thing kind of fed another mm. so mm. everything i do now is 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 music based whether that's composing for film or tv or commercials or shit like that so um i even teach a bit at masters level just as a guest lecturer but industry stuff <clears throat> like stuff i've been talking about so I, I think to be able you know if you talk to 
15 year old me if i if you told them they could make enough money off of music to just buy a house buy a house and live humbly then yeah dream job definitely mm. that's interesting man yeah dream job mine maybe like i would be um conserving dolphins i reckon that would be my dream job on an island you know what i mean yeah you and the I go there six months, like during. Do you, you have know a particular? Mean, what do they call them? A school of dolphins or yeah. shoal of dolphins? Do you have a particular a one, or is it you just sort of let that one go and then you go and find another load? No, nah, just a bunch of a school, like, and I just help them. You know what I mean? Learn shit and talk telepathically to them. And shit. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the one, boy. DJ Pro Tracks, cannabis quality control inspector. Yep. Kenny Rebel, bushcraft teacher. All weed tester. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of weed testing mother lovers out here. That's what we like to see, man. Shout out to your more. She said earlier, she said canister or strain hunter. You know what I mean? But a paid one. Because well, uh, uh, there are a bunch of us that don't get paid for doing this shit. <laughs> you better buy that. Yo, Freshers Tomorrow says bikini inspector. <laughs> yeah, why not, man? Yeah. Flying Monk. SP, yeah, shout out to the Split Profits. Flying Monk said, Kung Fu Black Exploitation Film Director. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yeah, some of them films, though, isn't it? It is hilarious. Like, 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 right, some Steven Seagal moves, boy. Shout out to Step, um, Steve. Steve Horse says, Someone paying me to go fishing would be nice, as in the type I like, not for the table, couldn't do that. Hmm? Yeah. I swear that's what he said. Type I like, not for the table, couldn't. Oh, not for the table, couldn't do that. So I guess not fish that you'd eat. I don't know. We'll work that out another time. Hydrofunk Records says, being me. Deep. Mm. Right, you know what I mean? That's, it's true. It's hard work being you. So why not be the ultimate job? E Flame O says, toy inventor or a designer. Hmm. That's an honest one. Yeah. yeah, and especially a pure toy designer. Not none of these twisted toy designers out there. No. See some of the shit they got these kids playing around with, man. Mm. Like I was in the post office today, yeah. I was sending out uh shout out to Don Smithard. You you got a package coming, bruv. And when I, I was paying for my shit and then I looked down and there was this, it was like sweets, but they were called doo-doo sweets or something like that. Or poo sweets. And it was like, yeah. You know, some kind of whatever sweets, but it's like shaped like poop. I was like, what the hell? I, I picked it up and I showed it to the teller. I was like, right, you know, like, you really selling this? I didn't say that, but I'm trying to telepathically do it. Like, I do with the dolphins. I yeah. don't know if it works or not. <laughs> but I went like that, and then he was like, yeah, people pay for this, you know? I was like, yo, man, you're selling doo-doo to the kids, making them eat it, literally. <laughs> at least they're not just just disguising it as other sweets i mean the, the sweets are literally just crap so true just making it look like well, it. yeah i guess they're telling them subliminally isn't it yeah. like yo this is shit and you're gonna buy it <laughs> you're gonna eat it and enjoy this shit you're actually gonna come back for more of this shit straight after school um <laughs> all right this kind of goes with the name so mr dj random said cocaine making porn star helicopter pilot soldier <laughs> Just because. Hmm. Yeah, man. I think he picked the right one there. 
You know what I mean? I'd watch that film. You make a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you make a movie out of that one, man. Funk one said THC tester, snowboard off pister, hip hop mosh pitter, art loving blagger. That was quite poetic. Yeah. Yeah. Sound like bars, yeah, definitely. Not knowing me says there's no such thing as a dream job. Happiness comes from who you are, not what you do for a living. I know professional athletes who hate the job they do. And uh, so I said, yours must be party pooper. <laughs> you know, that was nice of him to say that, but we didn't need that right there, you know what I mean? Who's uh, finding out from these mother lovers what kind of job they want, man? You ain't got to come up in here. We've got IBMCs <laughs> in the chats, uh, Supervillain, that's a good job, yeah. Yeah, Supervillain would be sick, innit? Uh, and then uh, Hobbit is saying, uh, five-star holiday tester, minimum contract of three months per job. Hey, with the swimming pool, I bet he's yeah. with the swimming pool. And then, you know I mean? that job People... is just called influencer these days. <laughs> 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 Isn't it? It's true, you know. Influencer, man. So how, how do you feel about this influencer thing? You know, considering you, it's like you've been doing, you know what I mean? The opposite in a way, like making sure people come to you for gigs and whatnot. So it's like using your actual talent, the music to influence them. And then now you got, it's like, oh, it's that easy that you just post loads of pictures where it looks like you're on holiday somewhere. And now you get a whole bunch of followers and you can get anywhere you want. Like, you know what I mean? What kind of world do you think we're living in? It, it, it's um, it's a weird timeline. It's a very strange <laughs> timeline. <laughs> it is. It is, man. It is. Like, this shit cracks me up, man. You, you literally, like, someone can just turn into a star over the course of, like, three or four months now because mm. they're doing some crazy shit online or whatever. And then a bunch of people just want to keep seeing them do that crazy shit. Next minute, they can go and record a tune. But yeah, I, I got my song on the, Spotify. The, the, I was going to say, the thing about it, I, I think that is important, is that kids kids are super clued up now. And by kids, I don't mean like super young people. The people that I that I sort of teach sometimes about music industry stuff, and, and I read their sort of um, their business plans as part of their projects and stuff. And the, 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 these people already have you know, blockchain contracts, NFT stuff, you know, like TikTok profiles, marketing spend. They, these people, they know what they're doing. And mm. uh, yeah, it is it is mad, but it isn't, it isn't easy. Mm. It, you know, it takes a business brain to do that. So, you know, it seems to be that. And I've, I've always thought that it was the, the side of me that had a business brain that that would want to do all the paperwork side of things in order to be able to enjoy the other thing properly. So mm. in, in that sense, I kind of, I do rate, I do rate the, the work ethic of it. It's a job to do that. You know, it is a job, you know, it does take all day. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, and, and you have to play algorithm games. And, and if you think about it as a musician, all we think about is how do we crack those algorithm games? And all right, they, they might not have what we consider to be, you know, um, you know, soul infused content as such, but um, they have the ability to get their content across to you, and and that that's a that's a game that, that that we we as independent musicians need to need to get become a part of, need to learn how to do. It's tricky though, right? Because it's it it kind of entails a certain type of um, attitude towards like putting yourself out there. Do you know what I mean? 
where, yeah. you know, like I'm saying, you've done it in a way where you haven't had to do that. You know, like I find for a lot of us from a certain era, especially in terms of putting out music, we were used to doing it in a physical way. And, you know, not just like talking about CDs, tapes and vinyl and whatnot, but also actually being out there, you know, going to the record store or whatnot. But now it's a different thing. And then let alone um, you don't feel like you have the same presence as you would have had before. It's, it more feels like you're sort of begging people to check this thing. You know what I mean? Like you, you keep asking, asking, asking and whatnot, as opposed to just going here and people go, oh, bro, check this out, check, you know. And yeah. so, yeah, it's sort of, it, tables turn in a weird way. But, you know, like I was saying, I think you've managed to do that um, from way back when it was even a lot harder to do that, you know, like get yourself out there independently and for people to show mm. you um, that much respect as as they would to a, a signed band, you know, a band that have like the marketing behind them or whatever. That says a lot, man. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess it was it was be belief in, in what we did. And I think also that that hustle for, for, for gigs thing, it does come from that the band side of things. You know, it's like mm. that they were always hustling for gigs, always hustling for gigs and stuff. And and when when I was, you know, when my band first moved to, 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 to Liverpool and I was um, I was down in, in Kent, um, I'm from Enfield, but I was living down in Kent. Mm. And when my band left, I was just putting on shows instead because suddenly I didn't have a band. And wow. I still still wanted to do music. So I would just put bands on and stuff. And and so, you know, I was like promoting little bits and bobs when I was like, I don't know, 17, something, 18. Um, so, yeah, I just always loved doing stuff. And, and that legwork ethic from being in a band was was always there thus sending your demos off to to record labels and you know hearing the, the story of bjork being signed to one little indian and then you know this massive deal coming in from this massive label and then letting her go and just you know sending your demo off to one little indian and actually getting a physical letter back that said you know thanks but no thanks you know that was all part of the hustle back then man it, yeah. was, it was just like if you wanted something to happen you, you had to do it Make because it happen, yeah. I, I think you know show my age and I, I don't think there was a facebook i mean we had myspace but i guess but oh the good old days the good old myspace days right the top eight mm. Dad, remember you had me in the top eight for about five months mm. remember that? oh mate oh myspace yeah then he had the top 20 but uh we also had loot um loot yeah, do you not remember Luke? Nah, I didn't get that deep. You, you see, Dan went deep, man. Well, but and, and, no, but enemy melody maker and these things, you know, you yeah, that yeah, was what it used to have. Up. You had to like put uh, uh, adverts in the back of those things or like. Oh, you know, Luke! Wow, not so, so much for, you, for music. Well, you, you could have yeah. your, your text battles on ukhh.com. Ah, wow, yeah. <laughs> text battles, boy. <laughs> yeah, I, I like you know, with Stig at the dump and people like that. Just yeah, uh, yeah little Nazis. Where's, mm. where's uh, Bruce Willis, man? He, this was the time he'd pop up. <laughs> Shout to Blue Fliggy. Remember Bluefoot on there? DJ Bluefoot. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, man. That's, it seems like such a great time, man. Definitely yeah. missed, innit? Yeah, definitely, man. I miss I miss all of those, that, that vibe, that, those nights, that scene. Yeah, it was fun. It was really good. So let's talk about the new project then. The name... <sighs> The vibe behind it, the curation. How did you put it together? Like obviously being away and whatnot. Uh, I I 
finished the last vocal on it on February, the whatever it was, like the day after the show or something like that. So, um, 2020. So, it, 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 in essence, everything but the strings and a lot of mixing were um, were pretty much done. Um, a friend of mine called John Hendicott, who actually he actually um, produced Chip Diddy Chip. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that first chipmunk single, like when he went major, but yeah. he he was just a mate. We met him DJing at Chai Wallers. He's a great producer. He made the Joe and Seiku album and a few other things. And from first album, we wanted to work together, but it just didn't. You know, things don't happen sometimes. It took me ten years to work with Nike P. Um, but yeah. yeah, so then it came around for this third album, and he lives in LA now. And we were just like, fuck it, let's do it remotely anyway. So we were already already working remotely when we started on the album in terms of mixing. Um, and so we pretty much finished all the instrumentals in November, December, 19, I flew over to LA for a few days, just, he's a Bristol producer. It was not like I went to work with an LA producer. He just lives there. Mm. Um, and so sounds I went out. Cool, though. You know, it still sounds cool, that. man. It's yeah, yeah, it does, but it's not <laughs> like, oh, oh, I went out to LA to produce that album. Um, no, he's from Bristol. Um, so we went out to LA and, uh, mixed for 10 days and then came back. Um, and then kind of put the album to bed for Christmas, came out here on holiday, you know, like, you know, did a few bits and bobs and, and then we were going to, we were going to mix it, you know, first quarter after I'd done all the vocals of 2020 and then that all just kind of got put on hold. So after a while we kind of resumed mixing, you know, for, I can't even remember when it was, probably like May or something. And then I recorded... Uh, the strings in like august and that was funny we were supposed to get a guy called miguel atwood ferguson oh he's wow a, uh, yeah he's he's um yeah he's a friend of john's because just from you know him being in la he's used him for a few other projects so um we were going to get him on and then that couldn't happen he got too busy had a baby and then locked down and so my friends um from a band called more like trees like they were london based band um the double bass player from there has just moved back to new zealand and his wife is part now for a job his wife got a job at the uh, new zealand symphony orchestra so wow. he managed to get us the quartet and then new zealand went into lockdown so oh, man. um so my brother-in-law out here is, is a film composer and um and he was he he as a, as a birthday present he said do you, do you want to borrow my my 13-piece orchestra that I'm what? recording for a film. Do, do, do you want to borrow them for like an hour, and you know, in the morning of the of, of a film session? And so, Jeez. I um, so we did a 13 13 piece strings on like I think two or three of, of the album songs, and then wow. New Zealand opened up, and we did the rest of it. Yeah, did the rest of it over in New Zealand. So this is kind of coming up to the tail end of 2020, and then we got it we got it mixed. I think either end of 2020. Uh, I'm sorry, we got it mastered end of 2020, 20, beginning of 21 by you know Prash, the engineers guys, mm. um, who I know through through Linden and um, Foreign Beggars and all those guys, mm. um, and they're they're amazing. I wanted to work for them with them for ages. We used to play a few shows with them when they were a live act as well, and um, and so we had this you know mastered album, and then it was a case of just waiting. Um, we 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 were adamant we didn't want to put the the album out until we could tour it because, you know, like we've been talking about like touring is a massive thing to support a record. I mean, it, you know, we're not talking massive numbers across the world. So, you know, every, every, every person that watches you live, hopefully is, you know, someone who's going to, who's going to come and, you know, 
hopefully listen to a song or buy an album or something. So, mm. um, so you know, we didn't feel like the record would would have legs if if there wasn't a tour with it. And we'd seen a lot of our friends put music out over 2020. Only you know, even 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 bigger people. I mean, I think some some people don't know Childish Gambino put an album out mm. like, last year, or like you know, in 2020. People, you know, stuff like that. And and because people were touring, and you know, people's focus was elsewhere, and um, and so that we just felt that, that records were just disappearing off the face of the planet after mm. a couple of weeks. Mm. And so we didn't we didn't want to do that. We thought we'd work too hard and too long on this album to do that. So we just held on to it. And um, uh, being out here and uh, in Taiwan and, and looking at the rest of the world, it feels a little bit different. Like you can kind of, it feels like you can kind of see what's happening. And so, you know, when I would talk to my agent in 2020, he'd be like, let's try and go August. And I'd be like, that's not happening, bro. It's not. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, you know, he's like, well, what about October? And I know that he ended up, um, you know, rescheduling tours maybe two, three, four times in the last sort of 18 months. Same tours, yeah, same bands. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just, I just, I just didn't want a bar of it. Like looking from out here when, you know, the whole of Taiwan's zero cases, you know, in the community every day. And they just come, my friends are coming up to me and going, what are you look, what, what's your government doing? Mm. Like, and so, yeah, so we sat on it and, and now it looks like, well, I mean, we didn't crack <laughs> it, but we're over it um and yeah. it's time to it's you know we can tour it now so in, in, i'm lucky i made a bunch of videos while i was out here because because i could so we just sat on the music and um and tried to create a plan or a strategy to to try and go so we we stacked up a few a few videos in advance just used that time wisely and i've actually pretty much finished the next ep i think wow just to use the time wisely so yeah so just sitting on it basically is the is the short answer <laughs> sorry nah man it's good though it's good that it's coming out now man you know what i mean um so you said you got a bunch of videos coming for it yeah we and dropped then... one last friday and then that single comes out for me it's tomorrow because it's thursday morning now but yeah it comes out friday and then another single probably march and then another one in april with the album Right, that's heavy, man. And the album is called Control. That's how I pronounce it, right? That's the single. The album is called Vermilion Sands. This is to get Control oh, the right. single. That's okay. the one that's that comes single. out Friday. Okay. Right. Um, oh, that's the one yeah, that comes the out Friday. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, now you said that's the, the one. Yeah, for Friday. Okay, okay, okay. Play yeah. a little snippet. And the album is called Vermilion Sands. Yeah. The Million Sands. Yeah. Ah, scene. Okay. What's the idea behind that name? Well, I I, um, I read a lot of um, a guy called J.G. Ballard. Um, if you might know a film called Empire of the Sun. So oh, like J.G. Ballard's from this area where the studio is, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, amazing. So we know yeah. him well, yeah. mate. We know him well. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm a great, I'm a big fan of his. And I just really like the way that, you know, this kind of dystopian future, mm. it's not as... I mean, it, it can be, but it's not like kind of like fully 1984 depressing, but it's very much a, a possible future, very much about human conditions. I mean, he he, he was um, he, he grew up a lot of in, in, in Shanghai and Hong Kong quite a lot as well, um, you know, during the during the 30s. So he saw a lot of crazy shit happen, ended up in, a, in an internment camp wow. in Shanghai um, under Japanese rule. There's a film about um, so that, isn't there as well, is it? 
That's Empire of the Empire Sun. Empire of the Sun, the yeah. The, with a 12 year old Christian Bale Christian playing, Bale, playing JT Bale. Oh, yeah. wow. 12 yeah, yeah. year old Christian Bale. Yeah. So he's then he's yeah. going to make it from way back, man. Let's carry on. Sorry. Yeah. And I just feel, <laughs> oh, no, no. I just feel like he, he's, he, he just talks about, about life in a way I really like. And it's, it's pretty dystopian, but that's kind of, it's kind of the vibe, right? That's, that's how, that's, that's, that's the world we live in. Mm. Um, and so, you know, the first album has a couple of song titles and references to short stories of his. Second album is named after a collection of short stories of his. It's like called the Atrocity Exhibition, which is just a bunch of short stories, which are like um, about the human condition, you know, almost like Seven Deadly Sins. Not quite that, but like different kind of um, visuals of how the human psyche works and stuff. And uh, and the third one is um, th that's the book. And so the album's kind of the same. All the songs are about different elements of the of, of the human condition. And then, I mean, loosely. And then the third album, Vermilion Sands, is another book of short stories by J.G. Ballard. And that's kind of about, they're all these short random stories, all just set in this um, kind of fictional resort of the future for the rich and famous. Um, and it's kind of completely dilapidated. You know, it's just like a, an echo of what that used to be. Um, and so it's kind of just people roam around it. It's kind of, yeah, like, and it's just the kind of about echoes of this kind of, life of opulence and and you know everything you can have at the at the touch of a button mm. but, but how how quickly that can change and how much that actually means and so it's just a bunch of songs that kind of loosely are based around this this kind of fictional resort mm. gee it looks sounds like it's going to be a journey boy <laughs> yeah i hope so yeah that's kind of the intention but yeah oh, definitely man people look out for that please We'll play a bit of track now. Yeah, we? yeah, yeah. Should we play a little bit. You know what I mean? Give people a little bit, a snippet or two. Yeah. You know what I mean? Go just, let me just line this it is, up. Uh, some exclusivity for you, mother lovers, man. Yes, we're speaking with James from Lazy Habits. Crazy ass band, man. I've seen you lot smash a few different uh, jams as well. Not only that, um, uh, most most deaf uh, concert, but also at um, Glastonbury. I remember there was one time we was just all, it was like, yo, it was perfect timing as well. You know what I mean? Like, it's good I to see, man. Yeah, thank it's you, man. To see, Such bro. a pleasure to be on, man. Thank you. Ah, it's a pleasure oh, to have you on, So let's get into this. Control, right? Yeah. Um, let us know what this is about and what should they should expect. Oh, that's fire, man. Jeez, that's fire, bruv. And I can hear as well you talking about what's going on. Playing about getting back. Wow, yeah! Digits to distinguish and divide us split. We sit cracked, 
from broke we quit we paid for life decisions but that pay don't fit but wait there's a hope so relax let's pray i've heard there's a place let's go be brave i play for the distancing with that conscious weaves and i'm back in a flat stirred from a scene with a rat tat tat so i claw to return but i can't get back when well, they say in to win when they saw they fly wing to wing nobody wanted me falling so they swim that's why i know when i smoke the air's thin and that chronic, like a tonic, what I feel, and darling, what I feel has such mass appeal. So alive in these fields, I'm alive in these fields. I might die in these fields. In these fields. Dropped out for a while When it came back, no smile Turned upside down by the way that I know that I am no child Grown up so long now that I wonder how And I wonder why that I didn't give up, didn't even try Cause I took real life like I set tears down And I hear them thunderclaps at the end of a baseball bat And I tried to deflect the react But when those debt collectors collect They come for your soul So listen, cause you pull into the system No cash out, no, no assistance Cause it magnifies off the prism And I know when it feels like tax I know how it feels to be trapped when you feel like you're lost and you can't get back Cause I've been way down So low, so long Doesn't really matter if you're gone, no, no That's why I feel cold shouldered So we aim to breathe up at the sea But in truth, we need smoke to breathe Never wanna be the devil, there was a devil Betting off the table, dishing in the table Bigger baddies can be bodied at the levels All we really need to do is let it go To the holds, but never try to show Now I chose, now I'm old Now I'm never down the road We never run under control, oh. See the life that I was Was an Nah, you smacked it, man. That was fuego, bruv. That was, yo, levels. That's levels right there, isn't it? Yes. Like, you can see yeah. a lot of thought was put behind it. 
and beautiful shots as well. Um, you were saying about that area that you you shot it at. You you'd already you picked it from quite some time, and so you'd always wanted to use it. Yeah, there was there was actually uh, if you kind of Google these crazy like like these you know houses of the future or, or the best derelict areas in the world, this one of these in Taiwan pops up and it looks incredible. There's, there's those UFO type buildings they call Futura houses, but they're stacked on top of each other and there's this empty swimming pool and stuff. And I was like, that's where we're filming. And, uh, mm -hmm. and I went, I went to my mate who, who, who makes music videos out here and he was just like, Oh, that got demolished four years ago. And I was like, Oh shit. And he's like, but there is this other little, you know, it's like slightly smaller, but you know, it's uh. this place up in <laughs> North Taiwan in Wanli. And so he took me up there and, and I, and I just yeah I was just like yeah we, we'll just do it here we'll do it here so yeah it was it was actually like another another similar thing that was looked grander version of, a version of the same of the same thing that I'd originally seen but once we saw this we were like yeah this is it this is the one. Rob, yeah, it took it to another level, mate. That was uh, cinematic, very cinematic, epic as well, and the music Thank definitely you. runs with it. Yo. Thank you. So that's control that's out right about now, and the LP's on its mm -hmm. way. Vermilion Sands, it's on its way. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, April. Yeah. April, man. So people, look out for that. Go to lazyhabits.com. They got a bunch of um, shows coming up as well. I see you're playing in Taiwan on a few date, a couple dates there. And then yeah, uh, this Saturday, next Saturday. Yeah. You're gonna come back and uh, enjoy sunny April with us. Yay! I think we start on the 9th <laughs> and we go through until about the, I don't know, 6th or 7th of uh, May. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 9th of April to the 6th of May. Yeah. Whole bunch of dates. You've got um, Stowe Market, Manchester, Liverpool, Newcastle, Edinburgh, Glasgow, Cardiff, Falmouth, Barnstaple, Birmingham, Milton Keynes, London. London is going to be April the 29th. That was a bit biased of me yeah. there, isn't it, to read out only that date. But you've got to be Bristol, Brighton and Margate as well. So please yeah. check them out, lazyhabits.com. So James, man, we got to leave some gems for some of our um, compart. What the hell? Oh, no. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You not really. What kind of man? <laughs> you know what? When D was with the bike thing, I was like, "What's Sorry, he doing?" Sorry, we've, we've got a, we've got, uh, we've got idiots, a special man. guest <laughs> for the. Uh, well, what's going on? Yeah. James is uh, is Colin Emmanuel. James. Hey, oh no way! It's someone. It's uh. We're just having a cool yeah. while you're here. Cheeky, man. that's cheeky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Einstein in the building. Shout out to Black Einstein. Let me, get, in the let me just get, uh, get Colin some headphones. Hold on. Yeah, let's get Colin. Oh, he's got some there in it. Wow! Look at this, man. Got me some. Is it, is it chocolate velvet cake? It's long uh, enough. It's long <laughs> enough. I got some cupcakes and cake. You know what I mean? Is it your birthday? Yeah, well, it's coming up. Yeah. Coming up Friday. Happy birthday, Mice. Cheers, man. Thank pull you. That, pull Thank that you, James, a bit, man. A bit closer to you. Uh, I was thinking, what is D doing? Like he's he was like, yeah, kind of sneakily doing. <laughs> like, like, earlier he was doing just some moving shit. stuff around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, I couldn't like figure it out, but now it all makes sense. You know. Okay, do I make a wish? Yeah. Can you just give us a quick check on that. Yeah. Uh, good evening. Good evening. That's it. Hey, Colin, how you doing, man? I'm good, Jay. How are you, sir? 
Yeah, good, man. Long time no see. Yeah, yeah. Been listening next door. Been saying some good stuff, man. Bring back some good memories. Yeah, hey, I've been watching you for the basketball, brother, as well, oh, man. That looks sick. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, boy. Cheeky mother lovers. <laughs> but I'm saying, yeah. All right, make a wish, yeah. Let's have some uh, candles and tweet my wish stuff in the chat for my (laughs) birthday. Candles Candles up, candles up. Come on with it. Put some wax on there. Beeswax. Right. So yeah, after that, uh, not so rude. Sorry. Interruption. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> it wasn't rude. It wasn't rude. That was nice, man. I appreciate you, mother lovers, for doing that. You know what I mean? You can't see me blushing because the lighting ain't going to allow that. It's the lighting. I go burgundy when I blush. Um, <laughs> but, James, man, I wanted to hit people off with some knowledge because, like you said, you do a lot of work helping people with um, sort of, you know, working within the industry as an independent artist. Hmm. I need you to break down something because all these years, you know, I've been with them, but I still don't really understand, you know, the potential I could take it to when it comes to the PRS, PPL. Can you break, just if you can give a quick summary for people on what PRS, first of all, is and MCPS and whatnot, and then how they can benefit from it. Shit that we might never know. Don't ask me about PPL, please don't ask me about PPL. I'll try uh, to that's PPL is what I'm learning about now um, a little bit more because when I was so involved with PRS and you know someone at PPL because they're quite closely linked, you kind of decide that you'll let them be your your brain for PPL and mm. you'll help them out with the PRS side. So I, I, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. good with PRS, but yeah. Um, well, PRS basically, I mean, I, what I find out is people know a lot more about it these days than they used to, but you know, the Performing Rights Society as it used to be called and they're a non-profit making society and basically, as soon as you, you know, as soon as you're putting out music, as soon as you're doing shows with your own material, you become a member, and and basically, you need to feed your information into them all the time. So, yeah, understand, of course, that the, you know, with digital radio, any radio play should get reported to them. But if you really want to maximize the, you know, actually making sure that you are getting paid for everything, you need to stay on top of that. You know, don't don't expect your manager to do that. Because if, for example, if you've got a band manager, why would they care about your individual PRS? Because that's for every single individual person. Mm. It's not just about what project you're working on. It's everything that you do. Um, so every piece of music you've ever been involved with uh, or had some sort of writing element in, you should be making sure that's on PRS. Don't don't let the uh, the artist you're featuring with do it for you. Uh, I mean, they will, they might do it for you, but it's worth checking to make sure it's on. Agreeing the splits for stuff is super important, and just staying on top of it all, as opposed to assuming that other people might do that for you. Because as a non-profit making society, they're a great place, but they do have limitations in terms of how much they can do at any one time because of because of the nature of you know the, the the money and percentage of the turnaround they have to actually run on. And at what point do you decide that you register the track with um, PRS? As, as soon as you're playing it out live, as soon as you're as soon as you're getting any form of radio play, um, once you once you're on there and you have had that and you have done that, I would start putting songs on as soon as they're finished. 
um, you know, if you've had that already. But to, in terms of join, joining, as soon as you start getting gigs and you're playing your own music, as soon as you start getting any form of radio play, yeah. And so it means like once you sign up, basically um, what you're saying is if you get radio play or you end up playing at gigs at certain venues and festivals and whatnot, you can then um, earn royalties off of the performance of the track, correct? Yeah, if it gets synced to, to a TV slot or to a, a film or a TV series, if it gets played by other people um, as a cover or on YouTube, if it gets put to videos on YouTube, it's like, you know, if it's used digitally in any way, you know, on TikTok or anything like that, that's that's where PRS come in and it's up to them to try and, you know, um, get get money per stream or per usage of your music and give that back to you whilst only taking like uh, like uh, i don't know eight percent or ten percent in terms of just running costs so they're a great company and is it the same in terms of registering because obviously you got like releases but then you're saying stuff like tiktok and youtube and whatnot it, do you put that information up in a different sort of way or is it you just it's just um, like in a digital age that should be being recorded and sent automatically to something uh to prs i mean it would be it, i guess with regards to something like TikTok, it's quite hard to to find out how many people are doing it and stuff but all that all that you know you can you can find out the numbers that it's doing if you really need to um and all your streaming numbers and all that sort of stuff it, it all gets reported directly to prs it's more i would say like commercials international usage and stuff like that that you want to make sure that you're that you're sending in yourself any live shows and stuff mm, hear that kids hear that kids mm -hmm. very important man and that's also for musicians as well right like a, um, musicians like who don't have writing credits that's more like ppl so that's um like phonographic recording stuff so that's basically you can have two types of accounts on there you can be you know um someone who owns music and plays on it so you're the one who registers tracks and then the other one is just like performance sort of side of things which just will show you the tracks that you have some, you know, that you played on or that you performed on or something like that. So, um, yeah, so I'm just in the process of switching from one to the other because I haven't sorted that out very well. But yeah, but the the recording element of things, all the people who appear on the recordings, that's, that's PPL. Yeah, all right. Any other gems you want to drop for people before we go? Um, uh, I think really just... I mean, we're in the process of putting a new record out and because of COVID and all of that nonsense, you know, we don't have the, the upfront budget to do marketing because we've done our spend on the album because we had a bunch of shows coming up and that was going to be something we were going to invest in the marketing spend because we don't put our own money into this band. It's always, you know, we've always operated within the cost that we could manage rather than trying to outstretch too far in any way. So, uh, you know, I would just say that what we're doing now is we're contacting everybody we've ever contacted before. Um, we're going through, you know, massive email lists and, and, and I just do think that putting, putting that effort in like every single time one of my mates or someone I follow or whatever puts up a review or something, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a, you know, okay, that's, that's a magazine or that's a blog I haven't heard of, or that's a festival I haven't heard of or something. And I'm making a database and I'm not just doing this when I need it. I've mm. been doing this since we finished the record. And that's now two years. So we have approximately, I don't know, like a 2000 plus list of contacts, festivals, mm. promoters, blogs, radios, 
all of these sorts of things. And then we systematically go through every single one of them and email them out something. And if something else happens that's nice, we email them out something. Mm. And we record or reply that we get if it's a negative, if it's a negative, but we'll go back to them. If it's a positive, we'll make sure we contact them more often and try and keep them, you know, mm. you know, up to date with what we're doing. So I think it's, it is that legwork. And that legwork can do everything for you. And rather than trying to find an agent, rather than trying to find a publisher or a PR agent or any of these things, if you put the legwork in yourself and you get results, then people might come to you. Mm. You know, we 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 don't we you know we've run the, the PR campaign for the first single ourselves. You know, we haven't got anyone in. We haven't spent a penny on it. Mm. You know, but off off the back of that, well, I've got this this guy, for example, called Eric Alper, who's a PR marketing guy whose client list includes like you know. Um, Bob Dylan and Ringo Starr and all these people mm. and he's just looked at us from afar from a song that I sent him and he said all right I want to work with you guys wow. so I had a meeting with him yesterday and you know we're this tiny tiny band on his roster and the first thing he said when I was in a meeting with him was like why is why is a song of yours that's 10 years old getting 30,000 streams a month on Spotify and I was like I don't know mm. and, uh, and, and you know I could see that just from sending this one person who I don't know one song out that's crazy. Thousand people, this one thing that might come that might might lead on to something. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I just yeah. think that don't get disheartened. You need to put the work in and don't get disheartened if you send out a thousand emails and only one person replies to you. Because if you get one reply, then that's great. It could lead to something else. And you just need to follow it up and always work on it. Another thing I, I, I just just quickly is like when you put on a show, I always find, you know, like for example, when we tour we when we're getting closer to the tour we'll start a regional list and that will mean that every single person in my band will take pick a city and we'll google that city and we'll find out the record stores the local promoters mm. local festivals local bands that we might like and we'll invite them all to the show everybody gets invited and then they get a follow-up and the amount of shows and festivals we've got off of inviting people to a show a couple of weeks before the show just because we're there and it's local it's outside of london so perhaps there's not like you know, Flying Lotus on a Tuesday in a, in a, in a 50 capacity bar and, you know, Method Man playing in front of four people here. And, mm. you know, you get that choice of going to see your favourite artist in this tiny venue like you do in London. So if you're, you know, if there are events in other, in other cities that don't have that many venues and shows on, then, then contacting all those people, you're more likely to get them to come and everything leads to something else. So you just need to, you just need to act like everything you do is is going to lead to something else and there needs to be a reason why you're doing it that's not the end product the show isn't the end product the show is a, you know the one stepping stone of hopefully many more like so it's always just about making every situation that you're in count for something yo that's some legendary shit you said right there bruv for <laughs> real man nah for real that's that's exactly what i was saying if there's any gems to drop man people one thing you can take away from that is you keep knocking exactly what he said even if you you send out a thousand emails and your only one reply is positive that's one reply you didn't have before man so it yeah. says something you know what i mean james man appreciate you know what and what people might not know is that what time is it now it's about seven in the morning now isn't it Half seven, yeah. Half seven, Half yeah. seven, man. Jeez. Nah. Appreciate you staying up this late or waking up this early, whatever you did to, uh, to join nah, us. That's fine. You know, oh, really, I slept a bit. A I slept a bit. I slept a bit. Yeah, you did. <laughs> nah, man. That was wicked, brother, man. Really appreciate you coming on. No, thank you, Dan. Thank us. you, Mice. Thank and you. Nice to speak to you, Colin, as nice, well, man. Nice to see you, James. Amazing. Thank you. The new Just... music is sounding crazy, yeah. bruv. Uh, like, amazing. Yeah, man. 
I think uh, it sounds like it's got like Hobbit's already saying as well that the album sounds bananas. So looking forward. Yeah, to I'll send it, it to you guys. I'll send it to you. Guys. Oh yeah, man. Sweet. Just give us one brother. last uh, plug of where we can, where people can get hold of you and all the rest of it. Uh, lazyhabits.com or just you know search engine the hell out of us and everything will come up the usual Instagram Twitter I'm too old for TikTok so <laughs> Facebook uh, you know all, all the normal places that someone over the age of I don't know whatever I am 40 or whatever um, yeah anyone where you'd find that the grandfather clock Sweet. TikTok, right? yeah. Yeah, grandfather socials yeah there that's the one. Um, and then uh, yeah thanks for coming on it's been like really uh you know good chat and insightful man insightful information i'm well. gonna sort my prs <laughs> out properly <laughs> <boy. Yeah, laughs> <be done. laughs> bro i'm gonna have to holler you about the prs he's been going on about this prs for ages and he said i've got someone coming on yeah, who can tell PRS. me about it anyway so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah shout me whenever, man. I'm happy to talk about it. Ah, bless, brother, man. Yes, man. Let's link when you get back over as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. That'd be great. Come to the London show. We'll do something beforehand. Yeah, and, uh, for sure, man. Yeah, that'd be great. Yes, man. Cool. Bless up, man. Definitely. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. I'll speak to you guys soon. Definitely. Love, Fire brother. in the chat, bro. Yeah, man. Uh, Chat's loving it, man. As James from... Oh, he's cutting out. <laughs> cutting out there. That's James from uh, Lazy Habits, Mother Lovers. Yo, thank you to everyone locked in right about now, man. All the chat room, we appreciate you. Beatbox Hobbit. Nice one, JM. You're more. Bigger, man. Gleam. Yes, man. We appreciate all you bitches and bitchettes. See, we don't discriminate when we hail out people, you know what I mean? <laughs> Shout to Kenny Rebel. Shout to Ken F. Uh, see through the script. IBMCs, of course, of course. Uh, have I missed anyone out? Turbo Tubalicious, man. Big up to the crew, man. Everyone locked in. Yeah. Sorry. About to tuck into this. Um, what type of cake is it? Poo poo cake. Mud cake. <laughs> <laughs> mud butt cake. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to some mud butt cake, man. <laughs> chocolate on chocolate on chocolate. <laughs> yeah, man. We're about to get tucked into this at the, the cupcakes as well, man. Appreciate you, mother lovers, locking in, man. Always. My name is Mice Diggy. That's Black Einstein. <laughs> That's Dan DNA. <laughs> and you know what we're about. Some shit you might not never know nothing about. Peace, bitches and bitchettes. We're out.